a question from Afia Mansur from his, uh, in Pakistan. Uh, relating to uh, this, this idea of people acting for community. And she was curious as to how this happens. How is it that people they're, at one point, the person is pursuing their own uh, agenda, their own ends, their own personal concerns. And suddenly, something happens, and they are now acting for something bigger than themselves as a member of a community. at the root of this problem is the challenge that we all face as adult human beings. And that is, are we going to act in our own interest or are we going to act in the interest of something bigger than ourselves? The problem with this idea of acting for something bigger than yourself is that it is layered. Um, I mean, in the first instance, it is not difficult for most people to understand the idea of sacrificing for their immediate kin. 
even if parents are not very good at parenting and they're very clumsy at parenting and they do the equivalent of harming the child, it is a very rare parent that deliberately sets out to do that. The parent will make sacrifices for the child. And so too in a healthy society, one's immediate sense of loyalty still remains with one's own parents. So the idea of acting for something bigger than yourself is first expressed in family, first expressed in immediate kin groups, and we are encouraged to act uh, consistently with protecting and pursuing the interests of our kin group. This is in Quran. You, you, uh, you, you honor your blood relations. So, so, so actually, the idea that people are able to act for something that's bigger than their immediate own interests is not such a strange idea, because otherwise nobody could be a parent. We see this is immediately true. That people that we might experience as kind of quite shockingly self-serving, that are quite capable of sacrificing for their immediate family. The level above this idea of family is the the idea of, of I, I guess, tribe, of language group. Now, in some parts of the world, this sense of, of, of tribe, which also has a blood connection, you know, you know, many, many tribal societies think that they are the descendants of a particular ancestor. Um, very often, it's the ancestor that brought them their language. You know, there's so, <clears throat> so there is a, there's a blood connection of a kind, and indeed there is a blood connection of a kind. These people are genetically related. And so it is also not that foreign for people to have a sense that they will sacrifice for their tribe, that they will they'll put their interests second for the good of their, their clan and their extended kindred. Now, why it is necessary that one basically also is able to suspend the interests of your, your interests for something bigger than just your family is because if you don't do that, then the families compete. So if we, if we uh, imagine if in the family everybody was just pursuing their own interests and they weren't sacrificing for the family, the family would be a war zone. So to the tribe or the village, if all the families in the village are just pursuing their own interests, the tribe becomes a war zone. And we've seen this very often in, in, in societies where um, you have clans fracture. Um, Sir Yusuf will be able to tell you about the ongoing fighting in Msinga, in, in, in KZN, which is various clans who have been at war with each other literally for a century. 
And every year they kill each other. <clears throat> I guess um, certainly in a country like South Africa, many countries in the world, you do have almost regional tribal identities which are subsumed in a national identity. Now, I'd like to suggest that this national identity is a very artificial thing and it's something that actually causes us more harm than good. I mean, what's a South African? The name of the country didn't exist until 1910. standard any airport in the world and you took a cross-section of the people looking you're looking at this could be South Africa you know there's every there's what does a South African look like what does a South African sound like you know there's a, so this is a hodgepodge idea the idea of South Africans so as when we start going behind beyond tribe then uh, then then this idea of, of the community becomes actually quite diffuse and is actually quite artificial. Whereas as Muslims, we understand that there's, a, there's in a sense a super alliance, which is the alliance to the Ummah, which is actually greater than your alliance to uh, your, your alliance to, you, to your country. You're Muslim first. Well, you should be Muslim first, before you're a South African. And then I guess beyond that, there's a sense of your sort of celebrating your common humanity with other human beings, that fundamentally we are all the descendants of Nabi, Nabi Adam, we are all, we are all in that sense one. Now, I think <clears throat> the real sense of community which is required of us to exercise is the sense of community that refers to our common humanity. Surely the idea of compassion means that, that if you see a human being suffering, you see the suffering before you see the incidental of the human being. Uh, the, their skin color or their complexion or the, what language they're speaking. That that touches you first. Their suffering touches you first. And so in that sense, there's a possibility of us acting for something which is about our common humanity, which is beyond the idea of Ummah, which is in fact, I think, the the true, the primary impetus for any just action. So I think uh, Afia's question was kind of in the, was framed in the context of the, 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 the Gaza um, occupation by the Israelis and the horror show that's happening there. And this idea that the South African government has uh, started this genocide um, trial in The Hague. And 
So, so there's this, and, and the question was, how is it that one nation can act for something, you know, obviously beyond their own interests, you know? Um, and it is because it is possible to act for an idea which is, is, is not your nation, it's not your tribe, it's not your family, it is, it is your humanity that's at issue. I also think that the world that we're in today, given its connectivity, given the fact that, that I mean, this horror that's happening on the other side of the globe, we see it in our homes every day. A, you, the, the, you cannot escape the, 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 the messaging. You cannot escape the images. I mean, it's like we're, at some level, we're all exp living it ourselves. Which means to say it is now possible for us to start suffering as, not just as an ummah, but as mankind, as a species. This is a truly remarkable possibility that's coming out of this. That we are able to put aside our, our sense of my own interests, the interests of my family, the interests of my tribe, the interests of my nation, even the interests of my ummah, for something bigger than that, which is the interests of humanity. <clears throat> so I pray that what we are seeing now is a birth, birthing of <clears throat> a new possibility. That new possibility has to be enacting one's sense of injustice or stopping the injustice. But what's very important is that you stop, you, you are acting out of the sense that you, that, of, 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 of um, acting for, for the humanity of the people involved. You see what we can do as we can turn this whole story into an angels and devils story. And make no mistake, the Israelis are making a very good case for kind of presenting themselves as the devils right now. But we don't have to step into the trap of framing it like that. You know, let us learn from history what happens when any group of people take on a narrative of victimhood. the monstrosities that were committed by Europeans against Jews over two centuries, well, over, in fact, longer than that, produced what had become the State of Israel. What drove that whole Zionist movement is the outrage, never again will this be done to us. Now, when people hold on to that bitterness and that accusation, never again will this be done to us. What do you think they do? You see the evidence of it now. You see the evidence in Gaza. You see the evidence in the, in the, on the West Bank. When you allow yourself not to, be, not to act on something which is sort of trying to nurture a wider humanity, but a sense of outrage of you having been done in. You will not 
in fact perpetrate justice, you will perpetrate injustice, you will further injustice. The real tragedy of what's happening in Palestine right now is that the Israelis don't realize they are reproducing themselves. Any of these children who are going to survive this horror show, how is it conceivable that they're not going to be immensely bitter? That they're not going to harbor the most uh, vicious resentment? Exactly the same resentment that was the product of the Jewish experience in Europe is what's being reproduced now. So that's the downside of what's happening. That's the, that's the, unless we act for something higher, which is our common humanity, we will sink down into a narrative of victimhood, which will actually just re- reproduce the horror that we're seeing now, but at scale. <clears throat> it's very interesting that this thing seems to be unraveling. It doesn't seem to be stopping in the Levant. It's now blowing over into the Red Sea. It's, you know, where's it going to end? Now, please. There's nothing in what I've said is concerned with justifying what the Israelis have done and what they're doing. But it's a cheap trick to play angels and devils with this thing and end up producing a spirit of outrage which will actually reproduce the horror that we have and not solve it. This is like like saying You've got two siblings who are fighting like badly in the family and there's blood on the, on the walls. It's really, you know, at some level we've got to remind everybody concerned, listen, you still are siblings. And you know what? These people are siblings. They're all the descendants of Sayyidina Ibrahim. You're siblings. Hmm. Find something bigger than your individual dispute. What do you have in common? And subordinate yourself to that common thing. There's got to be at least the possibility of thinking like that, of referring to something higher and bigger. I mean, surely that's the spirit that sits behind what's happening in the, interna- in the, in, in the Hague right now. You know, they said, but hold on, there's, got, there's, a, there's a human spirit of justice that's being violated here. There's something bigger than the individual dispute at issue. And you should subordinate to that thing. I pray that Allah grants us sanity at this time. And that he grants us opening at this time. And that it makes it easy for us to maintain a sense of balance in the midst of the outrage. In Allah, our Malaikatu, Sulu, Al-Nabi, Ya Yu, Al-Adina, Amin, Sulu, Alayhi, Wa Salim, Taslima, 
Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabiyyum wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim taslima subhana rabbika rabbal izzati ya ma yasifun wa salamun ala mursalin wa alhamdulillah.